0: Home, it's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris and Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country.
1: Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first, or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide.
0: Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy.
1: Looking for a job isn't easy. It used to be that you could apply at a big name tech company and build a great career for yourself. But times have changed. Many of these companies have gone full woke. And if you aren't the right gender, ethnicity, you don't use pronouns, or if you're not an activist for the preferred cause, then good luck. Why would you risk your career on that? At Red Balloon, we're connecting good employees with top quality companies that value you for your skills and your work ethic, not your social activism score. Employers who post jobs on Red Balloon are focused on creating an enjoyable and productive work culture, free from divisive woke mandates. So if you want to find a serious career path without the nonsense, come to Red Balloon and post your resume today. Because you shouldn't have to choose between your job and your values. That's redballoon.work where you can find your future.
2: Hey all, it's Monday evening, good to be with you on the Fight Lab Feast Network. Cross Politic is here with Pastor Toby Chuck Knox on um, The Water Boy. Uh, you know, Coming off this weekend, if you haven't joined the club this weekend, then today's the day Is to it? join the club. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's you, Monday. You still haven't joined the club. Every day the day, the day yeah. but today just feels, so there's something about
3: today that feels today, right about the club. if you hear yeah. his voice. I was just not <laughs> to do not, that. Do Hard, not harden your heart. and not your heart. <laughs> charismatic in me As, was as about you did to... in the wilderness. <laughs> uh, hey, this show's brought to you by Reformation Heritage Books. Reformation Heritage Books is a publisher and bookseller whose mission is by the Spirit's grace to aim for the conversion of unbelievers and equip the saints to serve Jesus and his church through biblical experience. Experiential and practical ministry via books, tracts, and other resources. Reformation Heritage Books is committed to the conviction of the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments as originally written, are God's inerrant word, inspired by his spirit, and therefore are the only sufficient and infallible authority for faith and practice. So um, check out Reformation Heritage Books today. Awesome. We're really grateful to have with us Colonel Grant Newsham is one of the few Americans with decades of on the ground experience in the Indo-Pacific talking honestly and precisely about the haunting things he's seen he's watching uh, many of his predictions on China come true and he explains it he explains it all in his brand new book entitled when china attacks <laughs> colonel newsham thanks for joining us on cross politic
4: well, glad to be here thank you very much for the opportunity
3: absolutely well so how do you see china um, currently um, Attacking the United States.
4: Well, they're already attacking us. Yes, uh, we just we just don't call it a war. Okay, uh, our view our view of war is like a hundred yard dash, you know, where the two guys go up to the start line, they stretch out and get down the crouch, and then the starter says "go," right, and we start shooting, and to us that's a war, and then the war ends at some point, either we win, we lose, or nobody wins. But to the Chinese, that stage is just the last part, if it's even necessary, and they have been attacking us on different fronts, and they call it war uh, for thirty years at least. Mm. And you say, "Well, what, what do I mean by that?" You know, what? Well, here is one: economic warfare. You know, all of these factories, all of these jobs, all this industry that went from America to China, put people out of work, really destroyed families. Uh, that went to China, and it built up China's economy, built up their military. And it le- look what it left America with. You go to any major American city and even not so major American cities and walk through what used to be so-called working class neighborhoods. And now they look worse than a war zone. But that is economic war. Mm. That strengthened China, weakened us. Uh, biological war is another one. Uh, the COVID uh, pandemic that came out of China. They certainly made sure that it uh, got all over America, all over the world. Look what it did to us. Uh, shut down our economy and our economy was humming. China was on the back foot. They were in trouble and we had the advantage and it got us to give up a lot of our freedoms and liberties uh, that nobody ever thought would happen. So that's biological war. Chemical warfare is another one. Uh, Well, the fentanyl killed 70,000 Americans last year uh, and it's been doing that for a number of years. The numbers are going up. And that's like taking six or seven divisions of troops off the battlefield every year. That's just the dead.
5: Mm.
4: And fentanyl, 99% of it comes from China. They could stop it if they want. Cyber warfare, stealing our military secrets or economic secrets, business secrets, uh, all to weaken America, build up China. And these are very much war as the Chinese see it. We don't, we, we prefer it as competition. Or we just ignore it, as in the case of fentanyl, as if leprechauns are bringing it to us. So, what is doing is weakening us, setting us up for the so called kinetic war. And that's the the popular word these days for shooting. So, that last stage I described, that is actually the last part from the Chinese perspective. And it's if they even need it, because you can demoralize a country, weaken it to the point that it it sees resistance as futile, or even if it does try, uh, it doesn't have a. The resources, the economy, the, the national will, or even the military uh, to resist. So that's a, it's a. It requires a different way of looking at war uh, to really uh, understand what has been going on for for at least thirty
0: years. So sounds why is Russian.
2: <laughs> sounds Russian? Yeah, ideological <laughs> yeah. subversion. I mean, yeah, that's where that
0: really kind of originates. Well, communism. From. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, nah, that's right. Young so why
2: right. is why are we not calling it warfare? And and why is you know I, to me it seems to me. The Biden administration is, is very soft on China. What's going on there?
4: Well, they do have, uh, they've got a lot of people in the administration who have done business with China. And this is in the foreign affairs community, but look around President Biden's advisors and a lot of them have some connection to China uh, where they have helped say Chinese businesses do business in the United States. Uh, you know, and I would look at the most recently that TikTok uh, president CEO's testimony.
5: Yep.
4: You know, most people focused on him. But what I looked at was this phalanx of this row of Americans behind him. Hmm. These are his American frontmen uh, who are doing everything they can to support TikTok, support the Chinese Communist Party in uh, in the U.S. And why do they do it? Well, money. Uh, if TikTok wasn't paying, those guys wouldn't be back there.
5: Yeah.
4: Uh, that has been responsible for so much uh, of the uh, America's really accommodation, appeasement of China. Uh, the Biden administration has done some things pretty well. Uh, it's done, for example, cracking down or restricting uh, semiconductor exports and some technology exports to China. They've done that. They've done that pretty well. Uh, try to help them boost the American semiconductor industry. But then at the same time, they will do things like let Chinese companies list on American stock exchanges. Hmm. And the Trump administration was trying to make them all delist. And now the Biden administration, while it's done some good things, it does these other things. And it it almost seems schizophrenic, like it doesn't quite know what it's doing or do it doing two things, two different things at once. Uh, it's worth noting, and just to get a sense of how uh, serious this is, that even the Trump administration, and I've been aware of this, our China policy, at least since President Nixon. I was pretty young then, but I was aware of it. Uh, Mr. Trump was the first administration, first president, first administration to actually stand up for U.S. interests against China. Hmm. Uh, none of the others had, to my way of thinking. But even within his administration, and he had some excellent advisors around him, they were fighting an internal war in the administration with the people who wanted to not upset China, to just maintain the status quo, do business with China that was good for everybody. And it was a fierce war within the Trump administration. So that shows you just how hard it is uh, to actually stand up for American interests uh, in, you know, in the US, there's always plenty of people willing to do China's bidding. And ultimately, it does a lot of it does come down to money going, you said going all the way back to
3: Nixon. So I mean, I you, we always you think of Reagan as being, you know, one of these superstars standing up to communism, especially the Soviet Union in the 80s. Uh, but you're saying you don't think to your your way of thinking that even Reagan stood up to China as much as Trump did?
4: Uh, he didn't. Um, uh, huh. There, there was still um, a bit. There was still an idea that we needed China's help against Russia okay. mm. during, during the Reagan administration, and that was the thinking with Nixon as well. Hmm. That if we could split China and Russia, it helped us because Russia was the main enemy. Uh, but Mr. Reagan did something. You know, he had the right instincts, to say the least. And it was because of him that Soviet Russia, that the Russian communism. Collapsed. Right. Right. I think he deserves immense credit. You remember how he was ridiculed right. uh, by the elite classes, the four, the State Department. You name it. Right. Uh, they ridiculed him. They hated him, and he's the guy that did it. Mm-hmm. And he, I hope he's always remembered for that. Yeah. And, but towards China, as I said, there was still a belief that well, you know, we need to split them from Russia. So during the Reagan administration, they actually provided the the Chinese with. Uh, torpedoes, torpedo technology, very advanced. Oh. Uh, the technology to manufacture artillery shells, and they gave them that you know, military assistance. The idea was to make them our friends. You know, if they, you know, if we can bring them towards us, it draws them away from Russia. So even Reagan uh, got it wrong about China. And once again, you look at the advisors around a, a president. And that usually gives you a pretty good idea. Of how things are going to go. And, and he had some good ones, but still they you could they were just, you know, as human beings are, we're sort of too clever by half. <laughs> uh, and you know it, it seemed like a good idea, but giving the Chinese torpedo advanced torpedo technology, uh maybe not. So but Mr. Reagan got it right. He had some very good people around um uh excuse me Mr. Trump I think got it right um he had Mike Pompeo uh, Matt Pottinger Dave Stilwell Miles Yu Peter Navarro; these were guys the Chinese absolutely hated and wanted to get rid of them. And when the Chinese hate you, it's because you're doing something right.
2: <laughs> now, if you, you're um, Biden's chief military advisor, what would you be telling him? to how would you be advising Biden, President Biden, right now about you know, do we go to war with China? Do we do we start an
0: official war? We're already at war with China. It's just not kinetic. I didn't say official. <laughs> it's already official. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, Well, if I was his
4: his military advisor, the first thing I would beg him to do is to force Wall Street, force the business community to stop funneling U.S. dollars and investment into China. Um, They absolutely depend on that. Without it, there's these cracks in the Chinese system, the communist system, that would cause the whole thing to collapse. Uh, But because we keep sending this money to them, well, it allows them to pay for everything they need that they have to pay foreign dollars because the Chinese currency uh, isn't really, you can't really use it outside of China. <laughs> so it's like it's like going to like a school carnival yeah. and you buy tickets. Yeah. Well, the tickets work or Disneyland in the olden days. Right. You know, you, you have a ticket and it's really good at the carnival or Disneyland, but go outside and nobody wants it. They want dollars. And that's the problem the Chinese have. Wow. So imagine you're sitting there in Beijing and you've got this problem of not enough Dollars, not enough convertible currency. And then imagine Wall Street diverts tens or hundreds of billions of dollars in of investment into your country, which means you get the money. And then American businesses invest in Western businesses. And you're oh. getting all this money. And it's yes. it's a good deal. So that's the first thing I'd tell them. Um, you know, please do that, because if you don't do that, all the things you do militarily mm. are less effective. Right. Now you could you could get the military part just right. But if you're collapsing your own economy, right? Uh, if you're, poli- if you're, you know, in the U.S., every half the population hates the other half. You have riots in the street. Uh, if you're spending so much money that the dollar isn't worth, it, it's you have inflation. Uh, the trust in the dollar is eroding. You know, those are things that will bring a country down. Right. When people start to see each other as rival tribes mm. rather than as Americans, you know, that will destroy it. And that is what China would prefer to do. So what I do, what I would, if I was the advisor, I would tell them, look, get these things right. Now. and And also, we have to get our military back so it can fight and win a war with China. So China knows if they do anything their entire Navy will sink in two afternoons. Ah. Uh, and it has got to be such a, a clear sense that they will lose everything and do whatever is necessary to do that. It requires us to start building more naval ships. Uh, we need to buy, uh, build all sorts of long, wa- long range missiles. And how many do you need? Well, the answer is one more. You never <laughs> have enough of these.
5: Yeah.
4: Um, and you've also got to look at the, I've called the morale, the spirit of the military. Um, the military exists for one purpose, and that's to destroy our enemies. Uh, and it is not for social experimentation.
5: Yeah.
4: Uh, and you have got to find some uh, senior officers who want to fight a war uh, and not get promoted and not make sure they're politically acceptable for the next promotion. Right. It sounds harsh, uh, but th- this is uh, there's some, been some very troubling things that have taken place in the military.
0: Yeah, Colonel, I want to camp out here a little bit. You know, I was going to ask you about um, the the free market that exists right now um, and then companies looking and saying, hey, it's cheaper to make things over in China. You know what it takes for me to make something over here in America. I, I can do it for a third of the cost there. And then everybody else likes it, too, because if they had to make everything in America, it would go up two thirds the cost. So we would not want to buy those things. So the the answer here, it sounds like at least your first party answer is a free market really is the best way to beat China, where it encourages us to make our own stuff without having to um, Mm. get in the margins internally than having it externally. Right. I I totally get that. I've always believed that that in order for us to really beat China, we have to beat it with freedom. But, man, there's a bigger problem here. Um, I don't want to act fascist and force the corporate businesses to do things here in America when it doesn't benefit them economically. It seems like my best way to do things is to try and figure out how can I create a healthy and thriving American economy. So no one has to go get their things over in China made. Right? So when I look at, I go buy a tennis shoe. Um, it's and they are giving me a tennis shoe for three dollars versus having ten dollars made here. That's an easy thing for me to make a decision about. And that encourages people to buy from me because I'm going to have the cheaper shoe. But you're saying that this is amount of warfare that's going on because they're doing things cheaper than we are. Well, if the warfare is I, I don't want to. Be fascist? How do I encourage a free market here in America, where companies want to do business here in America, than having it shipped all the way over there, flew over, flown over here, or go over by sea, whatever? How do I encourage that kind of market right now? Well, there's a couple few things that, that you can do. You know, I understand the, how it looks,
4: um, and you do have to uh, think, look at it a little more broadly, and that is what is the cost of uh, long-term unemployment, people losing their jobs in America. You know these. Families where nobody's ever had a job, they live on welfare, uh, they're susceptible to you know, the, the drug abuse that comes with that, all the social problems. Uh, you know, th- it's not the actual costs of shipping jobs overseas and to China
5: yeah.
4: uh, isn't just a question of can you make it cheaper and what's your return on investment? Mm. Um, so it's actually somebody, this is where politicians, the political class, has to look at the bigger picture. Uh and that so that's one issue is look at the full cost. You know, we say $3 tennis shoes versus $12 back when New Balance used to make them in Boston. Right. <laughs> um, but, but look at the, once again, close down that New Balance factory and what happens there. And you see that with even with more advanced manufacturing. So that needs to be considered. Plus, the what you're very often when the companies go to China, it's because they can pay people less. Uh, then they in America, and they don't have to worry about labor unions. They don't have to worry about environmental costs. Uh, so once again, you know that's uh, it's it's not a a level market uh, at all. Yeah. Um, and that's something that needs to be considered. But also, a bigger thing is you we're really playing by two sets of rules. You know, we say, well, everything it's easy to do business in China, but in America, it's hard to do business. Well, when China has different rules. For companies doing business there, and so if an American company goes to China, you know they, w- what is going to happen is that the Chinese strategy is to let them in, uh, steal their technology, their know-how, build up your own competition, and put them out of business, mm. and replace them with a Chinese company. So it, it's not you know you're going into this game. Uh, where the rules, you, you, it's a rigged casino if you go in there. Yeah. And yet you have CEOs going in there. And if the situation was the same in China, as it is, you know, say, there's no there's no legal system. A contract means exactly what Xi Jinping says it means. Uh, there's government's stated objective is to drive you out of business and replace you with a Chinese company. That um, any if that was the state, say, in North Carolina, Hmm. Nobody would go there. Nobody would do business. Right. Right. But because it's China, whatever, it's like Westerners go, they go insane at the idea of China, just fabulous wealth. And it doesn't really pay off over the long term. Even Elon Musk is going to, uh, he's going to figure this out uh, before too long. Uh, that you know mm. they will have his technology and there will be mm. his competition. He as a he'll be gone. Uh, but so you have to. America has. This is once again leadership is required to insist on reciprocity. If the Chinese market is this rigged, well, no Chinese company no should ever be allowed to do business here. Um, you know, look at our and in, in any every other area we have to reciprocity is a pretty good guideline. Hmm. Uh, another thing that's interesting is I, I used to work for a Wall Street firm, and I was always interested in what is the actual return? How much more of a return on investment do you get if you do business in China versus America? Hmm. And you think it would be like uh, like ten percent, twenty percent? It's actually some tiny fraction. It's not a huge amount. Hmm. Hmm. And if you if you were to bring if you were to bring uh, manufacturing back to the U.S., it's not like your tennis shoes would suddenly cost three hundred bucks. Hmm. Uh, it, it's not a huge amount, and you think of the the benefits that come of that the social uh, the benefits to our society. But it, it, once again, it takes people to point this out. It takes a government to force businesses uh, to um, really uh, not sell out their own. Um, uh, whatever, uh, what do you call it? Their, their employees, their customers, et cetera. Uh, in fact, I would suggest that it'd be nice if state's attorney generals were bringing lawsuits against some of these companies for the due business in China, uh, because it is so reckless, as I said, it, it is a business environment that if it was in any other country, you wouldn't go in there, mm. and is absolutely reckless, reckless with shareholder money. But if you're a CEO, if you can make or an executive a certain level, if you can just make it one killing, one payday, you don't really care what what happens. Wow! Um, so also, there's a there's a really a moral aspect to all of this, and this is that in China. They harvest organs from prisoners, right? Uh, often political prisoners, people who are religious people who they don't like their religion, yep. and they take the organs out of them, all sometimes while they're still alive. Uh, and this is not this is no small thing in, in Xinjiang. And there's actually a fast track through the airport for, for the uh, the organ business. Wow! And there's a, there's a moral aspect to this yeah. that what sort of a business person overlooks that, keeps their eyes shut while this is being done. Huh. And that's just one aspect of human rights abuse. And remember, for example, South Africa in the apartheid era. Remember the protests about that. Right. You had businesses, you know, some a lot of businesses wanted to keep doing business, but they were pressured, the protests, the Sullivan principles, etc. And they had to back off. Right. And it really hurt South Africa. Um, and, but with China, which is actually doing worse things than the South Africans ever dreamed of doing, right. that nobody says a word. Tim Cook of Apples there, and yeah. um, you know, kowtowing to the Chinese. Uh, and so those are some, some ideas. That, but it takes – there's a political leadership that's required. Uh, there's citizens that need to bring – that need to protest this. Shareholders can vote with their money. Uh, uh, there's uh be nice if there were reporters who actually covered these issues, yeah. And also, some, um, you know, if another just as a ta- tactical thing is remember uh, when we had uh, for that brief period of energy independence, yeah, <laughs> when the cost of energy was yeah. going down, yeah. that makes it cheaper to manufacture here, right? Right? Um, so once it, there's uh, there has to be a willingness to get off of this addiction to the Chinese market, wow, I'll uh, I'll and look-
3: I want to follow up on that, but I first I got to read one more ad, and then I'm, and then I'm going to come back to you, uh, Colonel. This year our Fight, Laugh, Feast conference is at the Ark Encounter in Kentucky. China Better free. get out there. China
2: <laughs> free. <laughs> Made in
3: America. The politics of six-day creation. The politics of six-day creation is the difference between a fixed standard of justice and a careening standard of justice. The difference between the corrosive relativism and postmodernism that creates mobs and anarchy and the freedom of objectivity, truth, and due process. The politics of six-day creation establishes the authority and sufficiency of God's word for all of life, from what is a man, what is a woman, when does human life begin, Mm. and how is human society best organized. Come out and hear Ken Ham, Pastor Doug Wilson, Dr. Ben Merkel, Dr. Gordon Wilson. I'll be there The whole crew will be there. We'll do a live show, of course. Mark your calendars for October 11th through the 14th as we fight, laugh, and feast with beer and psalms, our amazing lineup of speakers, rowdy Christian merch, and a Sabbath feast to wrap up the occasion. So sign up
2: today. And we're starting the conference off beer and on Wednesday. Right, yeah. this year. usually we do yeah. Thursday yeah. because everyone is going to go kind of hang out at the Creation Museum on Thursday. Okay. And then we have our our business makers yeah. pre-conference on Thursday afternoon and then Toby yeah. does his first talk. So it's, yeah. the conference structured a little different so everyone can kind of actually enjoy yeah. the ARC encounter yeah. and everything.
3: flfnetwork.com. So. flfnetwork.com yeah. sign up today.
0: Hey, Colonel, I have a bunch of questions, but one of the ones that you were talking about earlier when you were saying that they need our money, uh, it made me think that they're kind of like crypto. It's nice to have and it looks good on paper, but you can't really spend it anywhere. So, <laughs> but <laughs> what is the, N- so what are they using the NBA for? Because the NBA you know, has got yeah, huge. I was, I was thinking about that when, when, he was, <laughs> yeah. when
3: he was talking earlier about like yeah. the moral ele- element. And we had a few, we've had a few prominent, yeah. like basketball um, people and coaches Players. and stuff stand up and be like, you know, free Hong Kong or or the, uh, the Uyghurs. The bringing, Uyghurs, yeah. Uh, bringing mm-hmm. uh, awareness to that. And then they get shouted
0: down. Yeah. Or, or even like, the, you know, the, what was it? They were out there. For, they were supposed to be doing a, um, a whole kind of game or something out there, and they got canceled because of the. Weeders well, they do thing, a summer tour, The summer tour yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. So yeah, that was they get shut down, but they shut down the whole thing. They, so what is the play with because- China and the NBA? Well, whenever you can get
4: influential people in a country to kind of put in a good word for you, yeah, uh, that's prices. And you know, sports stars are influential, and when you can get them to shut down. Criticism of what you're doing—that's a win, to yeah. put it mildly. Uh, remember the um, that little fe- that fellow at uh, what the well, Maury with the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Yes, know, he he said like he hit like for something like that yeah. for Hong Kong. Yeah, and they got the um, you saw how quickly the NBA. Um, I don't know what a nice word for it is, but Ooh. they got down on their knees. Um, <laughs> And uh, it was astonishing. But in the end, this is an influential organization in the country that China considers its main enemy. And here they are they are defending the People's Republic of China.
5: Right.
4: Whereas this idea, you know, the, the human rights violations alone should cause us to just ha- almost have nothing to do with China until they reform.
5: Yeah.
4: Um, but here you have prominent NBA figures saying, well, you don't know. You have to do more homework. We can't criticize them. We're as bad as them, which we're not even within 100 miles of them. Um, and think of the the benefit that is, you know, China is trying to keep the Americans from getting tough with them. And here you have pro- a prominent organization doing this. Hmm. Um, that's worth whatever uh, cost the Chinese pay, pay the NBA.
0: So it has to be uh, a lot because when you look at it, just the optics of it, that you have black men who have been so woke that. No three generations will ever sleep again. These guys are so woke, you know, (laughs) and who are uh, very concerned about all the police brutality from American (laughs) (laughs) officials. And then you got people literally selling parts of other individuals um, in this in the country and they all go quiet. You know, it just doesn't.
3: It's complicated. (laughs) It's really complicated, Knox.
0: You know, I'm not for the government doing too much. But if we're at war, like you say, we are. What how do you sever this relationship? I think ultimately it's going
4: to take um, real political leadership like a Ronald Reagan, uh, like a Trump. Um, but it's going to I think it will require government force. Uh, by force, it's not police showing up at your door, but it's going to have to make uh, pass laws that prohibit uh, the investment in China. And both financial, but also also um, technological investment, uh, technological uh, supply, uh, supplying technology to China, you're going to have to make that against the law. Uh, and w- will that happen? I don't know, because the donor class is so influential here. Uh, but there has <clears throat> there have, <clears throat> there also has to be an awareness that <clears throat> China sees us as the main enemy mm. and you just cannot do business with a country that it, they say that they are going to finish us off, and once again, that's where shareholder lawsuits, uh, attorney generals bringing suits against companies for doing this would be helpful. Um, public outrage at some point. You know, I don't know when that's going to happen, uh, but if you don't accept that you have an, an enemy, and I won't, I could use the word opponent or adversary, but read the Chinese press for a week, and they have English translations, and listen. You read the venom. Hmm. That is in there, and what they say about us—it—it uh, is—it's is just sickening. Hmm. And we, yet they—they they say it; they're very clear about what they're going to do, and we do nothing. Uh, so it's going to take a, an awakening of sorts. And will that? Ha- when will that happen? I don't know. But it pro- to get the Wall Street and the business class to remember what country's name is on their passports—that's uh, going to take some uh, coercion. But Ow. at some point, the Chinese will probably overreach. Uh, do something that even those guys can't can't ignore. Um, but you know, it, you know it'd be nice if we could um, cut off China without having to, yeah sort of experience the trouble that's coming our way.
2: You know, so, Colonel, what would you think? We've talked about this on the sh- on the show before, but a little more um, you know, free market chess maybe that could actually be used in this war. <laughs> so for example, I remember when the whole NBA China thing blew up, and then the Hong Kong thing happened. We were thinking, like, well, why don't the NBA players go play a bunch of games in Hong Kong? You know, why not? Why not fight
3: with? Because they would lose millions and millions
2: and millions of dollars. That, well, that, but but I'm saying if, if we're really at war with China, right? And the NBA had their head on straight, and they could actually be part right, of right, right,
0: that fight. Well, there's a lot of ifs.
2: Oh, um, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and if LeBron James, no. Um, <clears throat> You know, but but like use some tools, use some use some maneuvers like that. It's like okay, well, we're just gonna go to Hong Kong and 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 hoop up in in Hong Kong. Right. You know, let's let's fight that way. Uh, you know, I don't kind of a, you know, a lot of what if scenario there. But what are your thoughts on that?
4: Well, they should. You know, once upon a time they would have. Yeah. Um, but it's the the money, and I've seen this. It's not just the NBA, but you know, if you generally speaking, at least my experience in the business world and in the financial world. Um, is that if you just the the whiff of money will get most people to perform? You know, like you go to Sea World and you see a sea lion that thinks he's going to get a mackerel snack. Yep. Uh, you know, it sounds cynical, uh, but that's kind of how it works. And Man, on Capitol wow. Hill, those you know the the donor class has undue influence, um, and so it's it's a tough. We know what the challenge is. Now, how do you get people to uh, you know? I hesitate to say do the right thing because that's yeah. Uh, subjective, but certainly um, putting in a good word for organ harvesting, um, (laughs) you know, that's a pretty easy one. And, you know, it's if, um, you know, how we're going to overcome that uh, sort of sort of world-class hypocrisy, you know, I, I don't know. Do, uh, do, do I wish think, I
0: did. Hold on, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Wait. Okay, Colonel, you got, do you have 10 more minutes? Can we hold you for sure. 10 more minutes? Okay, mm-hmm. sure. I don't, I don't, okay, I don't know backstage. what your question is. Yeah, I uh, want to go backstage, okay, but right. I want to talk about Ukraine and Russia in relationship to China. I think that's yeah. a whole, uh, you know, and I, and I, flank here that we haven't yeah. discussed yet. What were you going to say, Pastor? and I,
3: I want to, I guess I want to push a little bit more on the, just the, ideology side of things thinking like yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. wanted to ask him about yeah. pastor wing Yi and okay like we'll, we'll do all too. that uh, backstage uh, yeah. okay uh,
0: yeah. so where can we buy your book at that would benefit you the best colonel oh
4: it's um it's, i know it's available on uh, at Barnes and noble uh amazon uh even okay. sam's club picked it up okay um uh, yeah. which is Good. Uh, I was pleased to hear that. Don't they get a lot um, so of the, things from China? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, that this will not after they read the book. <laughs> so I was a little surprised. That you've, your point is well taken. I was a little surprised, but it's but it's written for you know. As I say, it's. Um, uh you know people who looked up at that balloon the spy balloon a couple yeah. months ago and right. said what is going on you know yeah. what's the deal with china
5: yeah
4: uh, my book is actually explains you know how we got where we are
5: yeah
4: uh, what china intends to do what happens if we lose and how we avoid losing when uh, China attacked.
3: The
2: big spy balloon. Like yep. Big advertisement. Newsom. It all was right. just an advertisement nationwide for <laughs> his book. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel, stay right there. We'll be to <laughs> you
0: in just a second. If you're single, sure. get married. If you're married, sure. have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. That's and right. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. All right, do I do I get to go first? You get to go
3: first. Can I go first? Sure. I, I think I have to leave first. So okay, pro- so go, my, go ahead. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so, so Colonel, um, I, I was thinking about um, how we got here. I mean, you know, we we're, we're we're kids of the '80s, so I mean, I grew up at the end of the Cold War. Ronald Reagan tear this wall down Mr. Gorbachev you know and and all the all the war movies were you know the bad guys were China and Russia yeah, yeah. I mean that's 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 what I grew up in and that's that's my sort of patriotic yeah the, the, my imagination was was formed by all those you know top gun and, and those kind of those kind of movies and it was it was the communists were the bad guys and Rocky, you know, y- yeah, all oh, yeah, exactly right. all, all of it, all of it. Yeah. It was, it was, it, was the, it was the Soviets, and it was yeah. the Chinese, and it was the Communists yeah. were the bad guys, and um, and I'm just I'm just thinking to myself how how do we get to the point where we don't think of the Commies as the bad guys? I mean, I mean, e- even the most recent Top Gun. As as you know, sort of as old school as it was and and fun, you know, sort of this unnamed you know enemy, unnamed enemy group. We don't know who it is. But we're uh, going after them. But, but they're bad and we're, and gonna, we're training for this scenario. You know, <laughs> kind of like
0: Russians, but not. Like yeah, that. we're not sure.
3: We're not sure. And um but i g I'm just I'm just wondering and, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I'm thinking a little bit about just kind of worldview and 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 religious convictions, and it seems to me that um, in, in many respects, um, I mean, my instinct is to say part of the problem is that we have embraced various elements of socialism and 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 sort of soft communism in our culture, which makes it like we see them as a lot more like us than we used to. I think there used to be a more um, Christian consensus, a broadly, you know, Judeo-Christian worldview um, as Americans. And... And we saw the, you know, the atheism of communism and the, and the totalitarian nature of the governments that go with that. Because if there is no God above, then there's God, you know, we're going to be God, basically. Um, do, do you think that's true? I mean, I know you spent time there, you you know, you know, um, American culture as well. I, I, you know, how how do we go from seeing them as the enemies that they were and, and are to, you know, barely, you know, much of a threat at all? Um And do you think that it has to do with um, our own American uh, cultural values um, basically embracing um, uh, portions of parts of uh, the communist worldview?
4: Well, um, people probably write books about that. But it is very different. You know, as you said, when I was uh, young, it was the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's these sinister looking East European types. yeah, <laughs> uh, And, you know, then you kind of knew that, you know, Russians and yeah. communism was bad. We grew up with that. Yeah. Uh, but with China, it's been more like the lovable panda. You know, the, <laughs> you know, the, you know, China, you know, you never went to a Russian oh, restaurant. Wow. But you would go to, you'd go to the like, Chinese restaurants, you know, House of Hunan is very yeah. nice and people are friendly. Uh, but that, that's maybe there's, there's probably more to it than just that. Right. Uh, but we got off on the, the with China, Starting with, uh, well, we mentioned Nixon and Ronald Reagan, but really with President George W. Bush. Yeah. Uh, the Starting then, the idea was that if we helped China grow, helped them get economically strong, mm-hmm. they would turn into a giant Canada uh, because they would, you know, th- they have a middle class that demanded political freedom. Right. and. You know, and it would just change naturally to the so-called responsible stakeholders. That was a, wow. a you know good member of the world community, and that was a hypothesis. Wow! So we did everything. You know, if you, there's a letter on the internet that George Bush wrote to Deng Xiaoping right after the Tiananmen Square massacre, when the Chinese Communist Party, you know, shot down some thousands of its own people. And you read the letter and it's sickening. You know, it's like, I know you've had some hard times lately, but we'll see, we'll get through this and we'll, you know, we want you to succeed. I mean, you have to read it. And it just sets the tone for everything that came, this inrush of American uh, industry and finance into into China, And then the uh, the Clinton administration just you know, let them into WTO, the World Trade Organization. And once you did that, it, boy, that was a huge mistake. Mm. Um, and the Clintons, of course, were also taking nice amounts of money. There were books written about it. Yeah. And nobody has sued the authors of the books. Uh, <laughs> but this has continued. And yeah. it was a hypothesis that was proven wrong after probably a decade. But they kept at it for another 15, 20 years. Wow. And they still kind of are. And now, there more people are saying, "Well, look, they're a, a rival; they're an enemy. We have to do something." Well, welcome—you know, it's like you've discovered gravity. Uh, <laughs> but e- even the U.S. military, yeah. you know, until as late as say 2015, 16, you could not publicly say China was even an adversary. Wow! Uh, and that's how this—you you, this, know—starting off on with the idea that China was going to transform into a less threatening uh, country—that got us in the wrong direction. And also, the idea, you've, if you do that, you can convince yourself. Well, it's if they're not because it's, we're doing something wrong, we're scaring them. You know, we, we're doing something they don't like, so right. the problem's with us. Right. And you know, we've in many respects the problem has been mental, and in fact, you know, I think most things are largely psychological. Uh, and we have the Chinese have successfully gotten us to think that we're the problem, not them, yeah. and. <laughs> You know, so like you know, that's like a lot of things in life. If you know, you sometimes you wake up in time, think, man, what was I thinking? Right. Um, and but th- that's a large uh, part of that. And this successful political uh, psychological warfare uh, against the that the Chinese have waged against us. Uh, but it is it's is striking how different it is from how we treated the Russians. Uh, but the the Chinese, I think, are a bigger threat to us than the the Russians were. Um, Though that's something best said, seen in uh, hindsight. Uh, But I think they they do pose a, a real threat to us now, obviously. That's why I wrote the book.
0: You don't feel suicidal, do you?
4: <laughs> no,
5: okay. No. You're healthy,
0: no. Right? I, I, like
2: you're healthy, right? Like healthy. You didn't no, get the jab or anything, no. did you? <laughs> uh,
4: no, but my book actually. No, I see what you mean here, but no, I worked for Motorola and watched them commit suicide in China. So, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, no. Okay. No, and I'm a, you know, a small fish, but uh, you yeah, oh. it's you know, I suppose everybody's on on China's list somewhere. I think you'd probably be offended
0: if you weren't. Well, Colonel, I just want you to know, like we're nobodies too, but we did a show with, um, oh, who?
2: Naomi, Na- uh, Naomi Wolf. Wolf. Naomi Wolf. And she oh,
0: was yeah. walking so. through kind of China. China's...
2: Connections to Biden family.
0: Well, not just that, but their connection to why the pandemic went this way. Their software, mm-hmm. what they need with that software to work, face recognition, just a whole kind of world economic form connection. And we, they took that show, which was in a private... Hosting mm-hmm. so, and they gutted it. They just removed it, and it wasn't public. Vimeo, Vimeo, Vimeo deleted Vimeo it. Vimeo del- del- deleted it from their server, which it wasn't a public uh, show; it was a mm-hmm. private one. So they're out there. They have their their spawn out there doing their. Yeah, they come so after us I'm, and deleted I'm, it. It doesn't. It's for them. them. They just don't need this information out there. Man. But before you go, I just want to ask: as we look mm-hmm. at the Ukraine and Russia situation, China is involved in this at will What's the connection between the three of them, and why? Why is it important?
4: Uh, I think, well, a couple why is it important? One, a, a member of the UN Security Council has invaded a, an independent country because it wants it. Right. And that was supposed to have, you know, we we're supposed to have gotten over that. And, and this is simply cannot happen. It can't be allowed to uh, be seen as successful. Um, on that principle alone, it uh, needs to be dealt with. Um, but the what the Russians and the Chinese have going is sort of a mutual They've got an exchange in mind. And in return for China's support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine, when the time comes and China throws its weight around in Asia, say against Taiwan, it fully expects to receive uh, Russia's support. Um, The Chinese were even saying this uh, when Putin invaded Ukraine as we've been, the Chinese said, well, we've been instructed not to criticize it uh, because when the time comes, we expect uh, China uh, Russia will return the favor wow uh, and that's so th- this is an alignment of two very powerful uh and uh, aggressive uh, dictatorships um you know yes the Russians and the Chinese at some level don't like each other uh, but for now their strategic interests align and it's not just Russian China it's a lot of there's you know, the the Cuba, Iran, uh, North Korea, and other mm. like-minded nations, it sort of looks like they're on those uh, dictatorships are on a roll. Um, but that those things nothing's forever. And you know, we've been in tough spots before and have come out of it pretty well, Unfortunately, with a lot of heartache. Um, but I don't think the game's over at all. It may be the bottom of the seventh, and we're down by three. Um, but there's still some time left, and we have a good hand to play. Uh, but with the Russia, Ukra- China, Ukraine uh, business, um, do I, I really do advise looking at it as the Russians and the Chinese are uh, like minded and they're partners and they don't mean mean us well.
0: Wow. So they're not necessarily sharing interest in things. They're just looking at each other to scratch each other's back when it comes time to do what they want to do.
4: Mm-hmm. And there's one one advantage. Well, actually, the Chinese are helping the Russians with military equipment. Uh, providing financial support, buying a ton of oil from them. And that is very helpful uh, for the Russians. Um, and when the time comes, uh, the China will get to, um, get paid back. Um, but also, they also at some point in the distant future, uh, China believes that a good chunk of Russia's Far East was stolen from China. Okay. And they intend to get it back ah, at some point. So very is... So they like to see Russia get weakened. The more they, oh, the Russians man. get worked over, uh, the more China has the upper hand in that relationship. And I think they like that.
2: Do you think we're entering like World War World Three?
4: War we're you know I think if you'd asked the question in 1938, do you think we're entering World War II? I think many people said, no, it's just unthinkable that that could happen. And they could have given you a very good reasons why it couldn't have happened. And it did. In ways that most people didn't expect, and you know, I say potentially, uh, we are in a, a very difficult situation. And if, you know, I don't know that I, if I was a betting person, I'd probably make a small bet that that's where we will end up. I wouldn't bet all my money on it because I think we still have time. Uh, but same thing in 1938, there was still time. Right. Um, but you'd have been wise to make at least a small bet on uh, Hitler and Stalin. Uh, doing what they did. Wow.
3: Well, we really appreciate yeah. your time. Yeah, thank, Colonel, you so thank you so Colonel, much, Colonel. Thank you for your book and um, great to talk to you.
4: Well, my pleasure. No, I always appreciate the opportunity. And I tell people I'm not enough of a public figure to think I'm doing anyone a favor, <laughs> but rather it's rather it's the reverse. I appreciate the opportunity and I, it's always, I always learn
0: things. Uh, this is very helpful. This no, is yeah. extremely helpful. Thank uh, helpful. you very much, Colonel. Appreciate no, your work. You, Colonel. Have sure. a great day. Pleasure. Bye. Okay.
4: Thanks
1: free men need to be able to protect their families. It's really sad to see people hurt, livelihoods destroyed, even homes destroyed, just to make a political point. Free men take action when churches face heartbreaking attacks. And while cowards stand idle, free men run towards the sound of gunshots when children are in danger. I'm so thankful for free men who stand ready with the tools of liberty.